music say? Yes, sir, Amos, that music say good health to all from Rexall. The Amos and Andy Show, written by Joe Connolly, Bob Mosier, and Bob Ross, featuring Ernestine Wade, Johnny Lee, Amanda Randolph, Elvia Allman, Jerry Hausner, Jeff Alexander's music, yours truly, Harlow Wilcox, and starring radio's all-time favorites, Freeman Gosden and Charles Correll. Amos and Andy! How do you do, ladies and gentlemen? My name is Freeman Gosden. You know, hardly a day passes that my partner, Charles Carell, and I don't hear from some Rexall druggist. And most of the time, they'll let us tell us how happy they are when one of you listeners drop into their drugstores to get acquainted just because we've asked you to do it. And if it makes the Rexall druggists happy, you can imagine how it makes us feel. We are honestly very grateful, ladies and gentlemen, and we hope you'll keep up the good work. You'll find your Rexall family druggist a wonderful man to trade with. And Rexall drug products as fine as money can buy. Well, this evening, the Kingfish, Sapphire, and Mama have decided to spend a quiet evening at home. Right now, the Kingfish is reading his paper, and his wife, Sapphire, and her mother are over by the piano. Sapphire is playing. You take the high road And I'll take the low road You take the high road And I'll take the low road You take the high road And I'll take the low road Holy Michael, will you two please get to Scotland Before the neighbors start beating on the pipes again? <laughs> Quiet while me and Mama is harmonizing. Harmonizing? Listen, I ain't here to do it like that since down on the farm when the hound dog chased the cat into the cream separator. <laughs> Sapphire, we'll try it again. And this time with no interruptions from this bald headed Tuscaninny. <laughs> All right, Mama. One, two, three. Uh, hold it, hold it. The doorbell, the doorbell. Well, don't sit there. Get up and answer the door. Well, I was just... Oh, never mind. Telegram for Mrs. Ramona Smith. Uh, all right. I'll sign for it. Uh, there you are. Uh, well, what are you standing there for with your hand out? Some people seem to think the deliverance of a telegram merits a gratuity. Yeah, well, before I give you a tip, son, uh, let me tell you something. When I was your age, I had to work 18 hours a day. And at the end of the day, I'd go to the boss with my cap in my hand and say... Never mind the build-up. Just give me the nickel. Uh, here you are. Uh, telegram for you, Mama. Incidentally, I tipped the boy. You owe me a quarter. Let me see here. Mm. Who's it from, Mama? Why, it's from your sister Hortense in Chicago. Oh, yeah. Old horse-face Hortense. <laughs> uh, what's she winning about? George, don't you dare speak like that about my sweet little Hortense. She's a school teacher. She's got a B.A. and an M.A., and right now she's after a Ph.D. 
Well, she better, cause with that M-U-G, she ain't gonna get no M-A-N. Huh? <laughs> Well, she's leaving that school in Chicago and is coming to New York to teach school here. She's got a wonderful position. The school is over here on 134th Street. Why, that's wonderful. Hortense can come and stay with us. What? Now, wait a minute, Cher. She can't do it. It's bad enough with two women living here. I was getting sick and tired of sharing my bathroom with wet camisoles. <laughs> George Hortense is staying here. I say she ain't. Sapphire, I want my baby here with me. Now, she can double up with me, and you, George, you can stay out here on the sofa. George Hortense is staying here, and I don't want to hear no more about it. You don't want to hear no more about it. Well, you're going to hear plenty about it. I'm standing up for my rights. I tell you, this worm is not only turning, but he's sitting up and snapping. <laughs> now, that Hortense ain't putting me out of my room. George Stevens, my baby arrives at 9.15 at the station. Now, what are you going to do about it? What is I going to do about it? What is I going to do about it? Well, while you and Sapphire is down meeting, I'll get my stuff out of the bedroom. Huh? <laughs> now, listen, Calhoun, you got to help me. Now, I'm going to tell you this thing over once more. You see, it was bad enough with Sapphire and her mama. But this Hortense I've been talking to you about is driving me crazy. I got to get rid of her. Well, maybe you could introduce her to some fella. You know, get her married. What does she look like? Well, to give you a rough idea, when she was born in the hospital, her mama was the only mother in the history that uh, hoped babies got mixed up. <laughs> no fella would go for her, Calhoun. They just wouldn't do it. Now, how do you know? This Hortense might just grow on some fella like uh, fungus. <laughs> well, I think I know it's just the big fat stump to start the growth on, too. Oh, come on in, Brother Ender. Uh, you say you want to see me about something, King? Oh, uh, yeah, sit down, son. Uh, you know I've kept this on the QT, but my sister-in-law, Hortense, uh, got in town last week, and... <laughs> Well, I kept it quiet, though. Uh, Why, what's the matter? Is she on the lamb or something? No, 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 no. She happens to be a fair, fragile creature, and I know when the fellas in town get wind of it, why, it's going to be a stampede. Yeah, well, why you want to see me? Well, then, uh, I wanted to give you the first opportunity to meet her. In other words, in the paramutuals of romance, I've given you the post position, you know. Yeah, well, I always ready to meet a new filly. What kind of looking gal is she, Gingford? Oh, beautiful gal, Andy. Uh, I got a picture right here. Yeah, let me see the thing. Well, now, just a minute, Andy. Wait a minute. I don't grab the thing. Before I show you Hortense's picture, I want to explain to you about beauty. Mm. You see, there's the kind of beauty that we appreciate today, and then there's the kind of beauty that was appreciated by the ancient Greeks and the Romans, like the morning Lisa and the Venus of Mildew and all them people. <laughs> well, never mind all that stuff. Let me see the picture. Yeah, well, now, Andy, uh, this is real classic beauty, and... When I tell you, when you looked at this picture, you're going to think of Cleopatra floating down the Nile on a barge. Now, here's the picture. Yeah. Hmm. Well, so much for the barge. Now let me see the picture of Cleopatra. <laughs> Don't be silly. And uh, that ain't no rudder there. That's Hortense, uh, see? <laughs> she just happened to have an overlapping jaw, that's all. There. Hmm. And this is what the Greeks and the Romans went for. Oh, huh? yeah, and yeah, uh... Yeah, look at the lines of that face. It's the real Roman profile. 
too, huh? Oh, certainly. Julius Caesar had a wart on his nose just like that, yeah. <laughs> Kingfish, I know you tell me the truth here, but I don't know about this, Hortense. I think I'll leave her to the Greeks and the Romans. Well, now, wait a minute, Andy, wait a minute. Now, you just got to get used to this type of beauty, you see? Yeah, that's right. Maybe you're right. After all, I didn't like eggplant when I first had it, neither. But a little chili sauce took the sting out of it. I better get a bottle of chili sauce before I meet her, you know? That's right, Andy. When you first look at Hortense's picture there, you might have broke out in a cool sweat and your stomach done a couple of nip-ups. But with patience and a little bicarbonate of soda, it might end up in a beautiful romance, you know what I mean? Right, Sapphire wants to introduce your sister Hortense to Andrew H. Brown. What? Introduce him to my sister Hortense? Why, my sister Hortense happens to be a school teacher. She's cultured and refined. She wouldn't look at a man like Andrew H. Brown. I'm going in and put the tea on, George. Yeah, that's right. She is a school teacher. She's been teaching kids in the fourth grade. I really got my work cut out for me. I got to bring Andy up to the intelligence level that she's been accustomed to here. Good evening. This is your Rexall family druggist speaking to you for the 10,000 independent druggists who have made the word Rexall part of our own store names. We've done that because we recommend and sell the 2,000 or more drug products made by the Rexall Drug Company. Rexall aspirin is a good example. Scientific laboratory tests prove there's no faster-acting aspirin made, and here's what that means to you. There's no aspirin tablet on the market today that can go to work for you faster than Rexall aspirin. So never ask for just aspirin. Ask for Rexall aspirin at Rexall drugstores everywhere. Well, I done sent for Andy to come over here to the large hall. I got to do something about culturing up that boy for Hortense. If I wants to promote a romance and get off my hands, he got to have culture. going to take a... Uh, well, hiya, Kingfish. Did you send for me? Uh, yeah, yeah, wait a minute. Don't call, uh, just stand there in the door where you is, and I won't size you up. I want to see how much culture you got. Mm-hmm. You know, Andy, seeing you standing there with your elbow out of your coat and the hole in your derby and the slits in your shoes there, I realize that you got more ventilation than you got class. Hey, uh, what is you driving at, Kingfish? Well, Andy, to put it as nice as possible, you was uncouth, uncultured, and unlettered. And before I introduce you to Hortense, we has got to un-un you. Well, what have you got to do that for now? Well, now, listen, and uh, Hortense is a different type of gal. Yeah, I know. You explained to me about the Greeks and the Romans. No, no, and uh, she's a school teacher. You, you got you to appeal to her from the cultural point of view. That's what you got to do. Oh, I guess we're in trouble then, huh? Now, look, Andy, uh, we going to camouflage you here. Yeah, uh, we are going to make her think that you has got a brain. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing to do. But how are we going to do it? Well, now, I got some poetry books here, Andy, and I, I want you to mesmerize some of the stuff in them, then. And then at the, the impertinent moments in the conversation, I want you to throw in little bits of wisdom, little bon matzas and all that stuff, you know. And uh, here's the poetry book here, Andy. Uh, let's start out with this. Yeah, let me see here. Yeah, read that. The Legion of Hiawatha. By Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Hmm. Took three fellows to write it, huh? Well, uh, it's a long poem, man. Uh, read the first cadenza there. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, let's see here. By the shores of Itchigumi. That's Gitchigumi. <laughs> oh, yeah. By the shores of Gitchigumi, by the shining big sea waters, stood the wigwam of Nekomas, daughter of the moon, Nekomas. Beautiful hunk of stuff, ain't it, boy? Yeah. You know, you wouldn't have thunk them Indians could have read sweet and tender stuff like this and then gone out and give General Custer that crew haircut, would you? <laughs> Now, listen, Nana, uh, I want you to sit here and sop up some of this stuff so that you can make a big imprint on Hortense. Well, the only thing is, Kingfish, I never did understand this poetry stuff. Well, Anna, that is the way it is with culture. As soon as you understand something, you know right then and there it ain't culture. Now, that's where... Well, now, Andy, here are my apartment. Sapphire and Mama done going to the movies tonight, so the coast is clear. Yeah. Now, don't forget, Andy... Uh, we got to impress her that you was charming and cultured. So when there's a lull in the conversation, you quote some of that high water stuff. Yeah, well, I as new at this stuff. How'll I know when there's a lull? Well, uh, well uh, I'll kick you on the shins. Yeah. Now, when I kick you, you start spouting the stuff. I knock on the door here now, isn't it? Okay. Well, Andy, you was about to meet a real classic beauty here. The kind of a phase that years ago men throw themselves off the cliffs of ancient Greece for. <laughs> It's you, George. I thought it was Sapphire and Mama. No, oh, me. Now I know why them Greeks throw themselves off the cliff. Oh, I see you brought someone with you, George. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, step right in, Mr. Brown. Uh, Hortense, uh, may I present you up with uh, the extremely charming and extremely cultured Mr. Andrew H. Brown? <laughs> How do you do? <laughs> Mr. Brown, you look like you just came from the barbers. I don't know when. I just don't know when I met a person who looks so neat and clean-shaven. Likewise. (laughs) I beg your pardon? Uh, uh, Hortense, uh, the reason I brought Mr. Brown up here tonight is because the boy is interested in the finer things in life and... I think that you and him has got a lot in common. <laughs> oh, how nice. Yeah, now let's all sit down here and discuss the cultural aspects of life. Uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, now uh, sit down there on the sofa with Hortense, Mr. Brown. Uh, now, uh, like I say, there's nothing like a nice cultural discussion. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Uh-huh. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Ow. Ooh. Uh, by the shores of Itchy-Gucci, by the shining big sea water, stood the wigwam of Columbus. Hortense, culture just popped out the boy. He couldn't hold it back. He's full of it. Oh, how exciting. Hiawatha, it's my favorite poem. Oh, I just love poetry. And I just love to hear a man quote it. <laughs> mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. This little piggy went to market. This little piggy stayed home. This little piggy had roast beef, and this little piggy had none. Oh, Mr. Brown, you're so 
delightfully refreshing. Why, oh, this little man with a sense of humor. Oh, yeah. Sometimes I even turns out to be cleverer than I think I am. <laughs> well, I got a little business to attend, so I'll leave you two here to wallow in the culture. Oh, it was so nice of you to bring Mr. Brown up, John. Oh, yeah, necessarily, Mr. Brown. Uh, uh, you can wallow till 11.15, so I find a mama's attending double feature. <laughs> well... We <laughs> is alone, Mr. Brown. Mm, yeah. Oh, I'm so glad I met you, Mr. Brown. There's so many cultural things to see here in New York. Uh, museums, concerts. Maybe we could see them together. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Brown, Andy, why don't you sit closer? Uh, give me time, honey. This being a Roman is all new to me. <laughs> oh, Andy, it's so lovely here in the park tonight. And the museums and, oh, those concerts. Yeah. These two weeks together have been so gay and exciting. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Andy. Look at the stars. They're like fireflies dancing on a velvet curtain. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my darling, can't you feel the romance of the moment? Oh, Andy, say something. Say something. By the shores of it. <laughs> Hello, Stephen Dresden. Uh, Kingfish, I ain't seen you for a couple of weeks, but I got great news for you. I done pre-posed the Hortense. She done accepted me, and we is eloping tonight. Oh, wonderful, Andy, wonderful. You really fell for the girl, huh? Oh, yeah. Me and Hortense is eloping at night, because I don't want to have no big wedding and have all my friends laughing at her Grecian beauty. Yeah, well, congratulations, then. Uh, I know you're going to be happy. Uh, yeah, I tell you... Say, wait a minute. Uh, uh, somebody coming. I'll call you later. You're okay. And if you hear anybody climbing up around your house tonight with a ladder... It's me. Who's that on the phone, George? Uh, no one, honey, no one. Just getting the time from the operator. Uh, say, George, I've been wanting to talk to you. I've been a little worried about Hortense. Oh, worried about her, huh? Yeah, she's been going out an awful lot lately. I got an idea she might be interested in some man. You don't mean to tell me. <laughs> well, I hope it ain't nothing serious, because I certainly would hate to see the poor girl lose $25,000. Oh, yeah. Nothing could be worse than, uh, nothing, uh... Excuse me for protruding here, but, uh, you say something about knowing some gal that got $25,000 somewhere with that? Uh, yes, George, Hortense. Under the terms of our Aunt Lillian's will, Hortense inherits $25,000 when she's 30 years old. That's two years from now. Well, is that so? Yes. Of course, George, Aunt Lillian was a little eccentric. Hortense only gets the money if she's unmarried at that time. Mm, yeah. Oh, and it's going to be wonderful, George, because Hortense has promised to share all that money with all of us. I tell you, George, what's wrong with you? The way your eyes is popping out there. Why, I ain't seen you look this way since you drunk my hair dye for coffee. <laughs> Honey, I'll be right back. I'm just going in and see what we got in the medicine cabinet that's fatal. I'll, I'll... <laughs> Now, here is your Rexall family druggist. Now that science has proved the many and great benefits that are to be had by taking multivitamins, 
It's just plain good sense to choose the kind that give you 11 vitamins, including red vitamin B12, plus liver concentrate and iron. You mean there's a multivitamin product that good? You bet, ma'am. Rexall Plenamins. In one of the finest balanced formulas money can buy, Plenamins give you 11 important vitamins, including red vitamin B12, plus the nutritional extras of liver concentrate and iron. What's more, the daily dosage of Plenamins is foil-wrapped and individually sealed. You just tear it off. And then the guaranteed potency of all the rest remains sanitarily protected. Golly, they sound expensive. On the contrary, ma'am. You and your whole family can take Plenamins for just pennies per day. So remember the name, Plenamins. P-L-E-N-A-M-I-N-S. Plenamins. They're at Rexall drugstores everywhere. Come in, come in, it's open. Andy, I gotta see you, boy. I gotta talk to you. Yeah, well, I'll be with you in a minute, Kingfish. I'm packing up my trousseau. <laughs> oh, boy, this is gonna be a great elopement. Amos is gonna help me, too. I'm climbing up to Hortense's window with a ladder and everything. Well, now, look, man, a while ago on the telephone, you told me that you had really fallen for Hortense. Uh, you was kidding, though, wasn't you? Ha, ha, ha. No, I wasn't. <laughs> now, wait a minute, Andy, uh... What could you see in a goat like Hortense? Wait a minute, Kingfish. I'll thank you to watch your language. You were speaking of the goat I loved. <laughs> now, look, Andy. Listen, Kingfish, I ain't got time to talk to you now. I got to pick up my suit at the cleaners. I'll see you after the honeymoon. Oh, me. Holy mackerel, I got to go and see Calhoun. Why, oh, why did I ever promote this romance? If I ever see Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, I'm going to punch the whole three of them in the nose. <laughs> The whole story, Calhoun, if Hortense marry Andy, she don't get the $25,000 and we is out of luck. Well, as the Australian said, when the boomerang hit him in the back of the neck, things is taking a nasty turn. <laughs> yeah, well, now, listen, Calhoun, what can I do? She and Andy are loping tonight. Andy is climbing up to her room with a ladder and everything. What can I do? What can I do? Well, the thing to do is tell Hortense that the plans has been changed. Listen. Tell her that Andy gonna meet her at the railroad station, and then when he don't show up, she'll think that he done jilted her, and she ain't never gonna want to see him again. Yeah, that'll fix Hortense, but how's I gonna discourage Andy? At nine o'clock tonight, he'll be climbing up to her window on the ladder. Yeah, you know, trying to discourage Andy when he's in love is like trying to take a piece of liver away from a bulldog. <laughs> Listen, Kingfish, the thing for you to do when Andy climb up that ladder tonight to Hortense's room, You'll be waiting on the inside of the room with the lights out. Yeah, I'll be waiting inside Hortense's room. Yeah, and then when Andy come climbing up the ladder, the thing for you to do is to... George, you mean to say Andy wants me to meet him at the station tonight? Yeah, that's right, Hortense. Yeah, uh, he's a little nervous about carrying you down the ladder, you see. Uh, he's been having a little trouble with his back and... Well, he don't want to start off the honeymoon with a sacred area, Jack, or a joint. <laughs> now, watch your end of the ladder there, Amos. All right, all right, I got the ladder in there. Now, which one is the window there? It's the second story window there, Amos, where the shade is down. Now, that's it. Swing the ladder around. Yeah. Easy to do it. All right. Now, watch it, Andy. Oh, me. Why do I get in these things? Yeah, there we are, Amos. 
Now, you hold the bottom here. I'll go up the ladder. All right, careful there. Now, watch it, Andy. Lord, this is a steep ladder. High up here, too. Well, here he is. Here's the window. I'll pull the shade up a little and stick my head in the window. Oh, tense. Andy, Andy, what happened? I don't know. I stuck my head in the window, and I think Hortense gave me a little love tap. <laughs> give me your handkerchief. My nose is bleeding. Andy, what's going on here? I don't know. I guess she wants to play games or something. You're going up again? Yeah, I'm going up the ladder again. I guess this Hortense is getting coy. Oh, me. Well, here's the window. I'll pull the shade up again. Hortense. <clears throat> Help me up, Amos. She done love tapped me in the eye and it's closed. Look at that. Andy, something is going on here. You better get out of here before you hurt yourself. Santa side, Amos. Maybe she's mad at me because I ain't being romantic enough. Maybe I ought to serenade her here from the ground. Be my love. Amos, she throwed water on me. Help me up again, Amos. She done throw that bucket at me, too. Andy, this is ridiculous. You better call this nonsense off. Yeah, maybe you're right, Amos. Let's go. You know something? I got a sneaking suspicion her love has done cooled off. Oh, come on, Andy. Yeah, and it's just as well. She wasn't as dainty a creature as I think she was. When she done love tapped me through the window, I noticed her arm had hair on it up to the elbow. <laughs> Yes, Sapphire, that's the story. They was going to loop, but I managed to save the day. It certainly is lucky you did. It would have been a terrible thing if Hortense ever got married and lost that $25,000 inheritance. Now listen, Sapphire, we can't take this chance in the future of her marrying nobody. Now for the next two years, she's going to stay right here with us and no place else. But, George, I thought you didn't like it. Now look, honey, $25,000 is involved. From now on, the best is none too good for Hortense. I'm going to be so nice to her, she'll never want to leave us to get married. Oh, George, I'm so happy. Well, Hortense, George certainly has been wonderful to you, hasn't he? Well, he certainly has changed, Mama. He doesn't mind sleeping on the sofa or anything. <laughs> A new idea would work, daughter. Yes. And I'd love to see his face two years from now when he finds out we made up that story about me inheriting $25,000. <laughs> Friends, winter colds often have a pesky running mate, a dry, hacking, painful cough. When that happens to you, try Rexall Cherisote. You see, Cherisote goes after coughs two ways. First, it quickly soothes the raw and irritated membranes of your throat and bronchial tubes. Second, it helps to loosen your cough. See your doctor about a cough that hangs on. In the meantime, keep Cherisote in the family medicine chest. Every Rexall family druggist has it. And don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, to visit your Rexall family drugstore. Good night. See you next Sunday. Men, if shaving's your worst daily chore, this tip from Wilcox, don't ignore. Stag Brushless Shave Cream starts your day the faster, cooler, no-scrape way. Stag needs no rub-in, smooths right on, wilts those whiskers while you yawn. 
Stays moist longer, costs no more, and sold at every Rexall store. Stag Brushless Shave Cream. Amos and Andy are brought to you by your family Rexall druggist. This is the CBS Radio Network. 